Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. Today, I'm speaking with Jason Carr, a 2020 CCA Soy Envoy and Technology Development Representative with Bayer Crop Science. In that role, Jason leads agronomic research projects with corn and soybeans focused on creating tailored solutions for farmers. He's also a co-host of the podcast called Focus on Agriculture, and Jason enjoyed his experience as a CCA Soy Envoy so much the first time that he is in his second year and the second time that he has been a guest here on the Ill Soy Advisor podcast. So welcome back to the show, Jason. Thanks, Jill. Good to talk to you. Now, Jason, in your role with Bear, you do a little bit of traveling, maybe not quite so much this year, but what have the soybean fields <laughs> that you've been seeing so far, uh, how have they been looking? Yeah, Jill, that's a good question. Right now, um, things are looking really good. I, a month ago, I probably would have had a little bit different answer. They weren't looking quite as good as I was expecting them to, giving, given the widespread early planting that we had across the state. You know, I, I kind of expected the beans to really take off and look spectacular, but it really dried off in June and up until the middle of July. We, in this area, central Illinois, we had about six weeks where it was pretty dry, but the rain finally turned back on back in you know, middle of July and, and the crop really looks a lot better now. The other day I was out walking uh, one of our plots. We have a planting date study where we planted the first planting on March 7th and then all the way through mid-June. And I pulled a plant from that March 7th planting and I counted the pods on it. And there were about 450 pods on that plant. Now, um, I have to to explain a little bit because that was actually we had a treated and an untreated portion and the untreated planting on March 7th only ended up with a stand of about 20,000 plants. So obviously those plants that survived had plenty of space to spread out and, you know, almost unlimited resources. But, you know, 450 pods on a plant is pretty impressive under any conditions. Great. Well, today I want to dive a little bit deeper into the specifics of the soybean crop. Uh, and your article actually this month for Ill Soy Advisor was about putting together an effective late season scouting plan for soybeans. So you gave a few tips about how to make the most of those uh, August scouting trips. Uh, so can you share a few things for the listeners, a few reasons here why it's important to get in those fields um, at this time of year? It's still, uh, you know, we're still in a situation where we're not too late in the season where there's certain insects that might be out there that it might warrant spraying for. So, you know, there's still some decisions, management decisions to be made, um, potentially. Um, also, you know, when we understand what's going on out in those fields, it's a lot easier to make good management decisions for next year. So just the other day, uh, grower called and he had been out spraying fungicide and he noticed that there were plants here and there dying. And so I went out and took a look at the field and um, it, it was Phytophthora, which normally the Phytophthora, you know, a lot of times will show up a little bit earlier in the year. But, you know, if, if we hadn't been out there looking at that field, he might have missed it completely since it was scattered plants or uh, you know, potentially you could misdiagnose and there, you know, it's really important to know what's going on so that in the next season or in the next time soybeans are in that field, make wise decisions. And then also just to know what's going on in the field to be able to prioritize which fields you want to harvest first. One of the things folks may see if they go out and inspect their soybean fields possibly could be insects. Uh, so 
is there anything out there currently feeding on soybeans? If so, um, what should uh, farmers be aware of? Is there any damage that these insects are causing or could that damage impact yield? that they can occur and they are occurring in some fields. I just haven't seen a lot. And the, you know, there's a couple of main ones that we think about at this time of the year. One is aphids. Um, They're very small, greenish yellow. They can occur in really high numbers. And when they're there, they'll, the plant will exude a, a sticky sap and there'll be this stickiness on the leaves that sometimes a, a fungus will grow on and then you'll get this black sticky mess. And when you're out there walking, it'll get all over you. So, um, it's kind of nasty and if they're in really high numbers, but generally in most cases, they're not high enough to cause problems, but they can blow up in certain fields and they definitely warrant a insecticide application if so. Another thing is stink bugs. That's probably the other main one as we get later into the year. So stink bugs will feed on the leaves and the pods. Uh, really the main problem is the feeding on the pods. Uh, they can, you know, they directly can eat the seeds, but also infections then can come in. Diseases can infect those seeds and, and cause problems for seed quality and, uh, you know, store storage, storability of that, uh, crop. So the, the threshold for stink bugs for action for spraying is actually fairly low. It's two bugs per foot of row. So, you know, that's not super high, like something like Japanese beetles or something like that that we see a lot of. And stink bugs can cause pretty significant yield losses in some cases. Now, it's not widespread. It's not super common. But if you're not out in the field checking it out, you don't necessarily know what's going on. A couple other minor things. You might see some bean leaf beetles out there, not a probably a huge problem, especially at this time of the year. And also I've been hearing some reports of white flies, which are little tiny um, white flies <laughs> that, you know, they'll be out there and you kind of disturb the leaves and a few of them will fly up. And in most cases in soybean fields, white flies are not a problem with the one exception that they can vector certain viruses. Now at this point in the season, we're probably not real worried about a virus coming in and destroying the soybean crop, but early in the season, they potentially could cause uh, some sort of problem. So in addition to insects, something that growers may see in the fields when they go out and scout them here in August is some diseases. Is there anything specifically that farmers should be aware of? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Right now, the biggest things we think about are probably sudden death syndrome, sometimes white mold, and potentially brown stem rot as being the main things that we see at this time of the year. So, So sudden death, SDS, Uh, is going to show up as the plants seem to die, as the name implies, suddenly. Uh, Now, SDS, even though the symptoms are showing up now, which are, you know, that typical intervenal chlorosis is what you normally see, um, that infection actually sets in very early in the growing season. In fact, within 24 hours of planting in some cases. And we just don't see the symptomology until this point. Um, White mold is another one that shows up some years. Uh, not seeing a lot of white mold so far this year. Usually that's uh, more prevalent when we have very wet conditions all summer and we have a lot of growth and, you know, the air movement doesn't get down in the canopy of the plants. They stay wet and this mold develops and, and it's very typically white fuzzy structures on the stem and then these sclerotia are created which look like mouse droppings and it's white mold is pretty easy to identify. Um, brown stem rot 
can often be confused with SDS. So um, it can give some of those same foliar symptoms. When you split the stem of the plant, you can tell generally whether it's brown stem rot or SDS. So in brown stem rot, the interior part of the stem is going to be dark brown and discolored. And with SDS, it'll be white and clean and healthy looking. Sometimes on the outside of the roots, you can also tell with SDS, the outside of the root is going to be kind of a brownish, unhealthy look. And sometimes the lower stem also. Um, there's other things in other areas that can show up. So frog eye leaf spot, uh, diaporthy um, was a disease that we saw a lot of a couple years ago, and we haven't really seen it so much since. So from year to year, there's different things that pop up. But really, the main main ones that we see most often are SDS and brown stem rot. And then there's always a little bit of white mold here and there. So if a farmer uh, heads out to the field and does find a disease, uh, is there anything that they can do to manage that disease at this time of the year? Any treatment options available to them? Well, not at this point in the growing season. So it's more of a, uh, a learning experience, right? And, and managing better in the future or managing differently in the future. So those infections with SDS and brown stem rot, as I mentioned with SDS, come in very early in the growing season. So once you see symptoms, it's really too late to do anything about it. Foliar fungicides are not effective at controlling these diseases. So it's really about what you do going forward in the future. So there's a couple things that growers can do. Um, one big one is to avoid planting into compacted soils. Um, those favor the disease development, and that's always a good agronomic practice to avoid compaction. Um, now, cool, wet conditions at planting favor the disease, and you know I and others are big proponents of early planting. And so what do we have in early planting? We have cool, wet conditions often. The good news is there are different ways also that we can kind of mitigate the likelihood that these diseases will occur. So um, there's, you know, look for genetic resistance in the seed that you purchase, that you select. And then also there, we have some really good, well, we have Olivo, which is a very effective seed applied fungicide for SDS. And then also there's a newer product, Saltro, which, you know, we're learning more about at this point. And so we have some good chemicals that control it. But if we don't have one of those um, fungicides that's effective against SDS and uh, we don't have good resistance in the seed, um, there's a potential that we could have a real problem. I think one of the things you really hit on there was, uh, uh, you know, this information that you're gathering at this time of the year is really beneficial to help you um, better understand uh, the disease package you may need next year or the disease tolerance when it comes to selecting products, right? That's, yeah, that's exactly right. And, and it's very important. And, and it's also very important to know, um, as you mentioned, what's going on in specific fields. So, you know, often or in order for disease to develop, you have to have the, the disease there in the field. And so, you know, we may not see it in one year, but the inoculum has to be there in order for a disease to develop. So it's important to scout the fields. You can choose resistances based on the fields where you think, you know, that disease is going to be a problem. And it's also really important to properly identify the disease that's out there. So, you know, that maybe goes without saying, but if you misdiagnose a disease, for example, if you think you have SDS and you really have brown stem rot, and then you really manage that field for SDS, you might come out there and be surprised by something that looks like SDS, you know, which is brown stem rot. 
So before I let you go here today, Jason, uh, just one more question about uh, harvest. So what should soybean growers be keeping an eye on uh, between now and harvest time? Uh, my recommendation is always to keep an eye on the, the, the fields and prioritize them for harvest. So if the, you know, the soybeans can maybe in some cases wait if, you know, there's corn to harvest and the corn crop might go down hill faster than the the soybean field that's out there. But there are also cases where you have things in the soybean field that would necessitate you getting out there and and getting it harvested. For instance, um, stink bug damage like we talked about or something like that that's going to cause that seed to deteriorate a little bit quicker. We want to get out there and do it. So it's always, you know, it's just, I guess the overall theme is, it's just important to know what's going on in the field in order to make good management decisions. All right. I don't have any other questions here today, Jason, but any last thoughts that you want to share with folks before we head out? I'd just like to remind everybody to stay safe out there. Uh, The harvest, you know, as we get into harvest, it gets busy and we all have a lot of things to do and just take the extra time. There's always a lot of farm accidents every year. And uh, clearly that's not something we want anyone to be a part of. Excellent. That's a a great reminder, Jason, as we uh, head into harvest, we want everyone to be safe out there. Uh, So thanks for coming today, Jason, and sharing your thoughts with us. It was great to talk to you, Jill. Again, that was Jason Carr, 2020 CCA Soy Envoy, speaking about late season soybean insects and diseases. If you're interested in this topic and many more soybean management resources, you can visit www.illsoyadvisor.com. That's ilsoyadvisor.com to learn more. This has been an Ill Soy Advisor podcast. Thanks for tuning in.